Welcome to video game bullshit. My name is Jeffrey Wittenhagen, and I'm a published author slash writer. Video games, both old and new, are my passion. I recently had a successful Kickstarter for my NES collector's book called The Complete NES, and I'm currently doing a massive overhaul of my original book called Hidden Gaming Gems, uh, creating a new NES game to go with it. I also have tons of projects in the works. My blog is at hagensalley.wordpress.com, and I'm on a lot of forums as a subcon 3. And we've got Kyle. Hey, I'm big into uh, no death runs, high score runs, uh, collector of all things, vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. And we've got Kevin. Greetings, gamers. Kevin Kill here. I am the creator of KVK Box. You can visit at kvkbox.com. It is a YouTube channel that does Let's Plays, Long Plays, Disc Golf, and a lot of different analysis on video games. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. So basically, I know uh, Kyle's been chomping at the bit to do um, some some news, like what he's been up to type thing, and we felt like from season one, one of our favorite parts was when we had Rob on and we were doing the our favorite video game items and did it round robin. So I think we're going to go round robin style from now on with like what we've been up to, and since you know we have... A weekly podcast but we only record every other week because we're so long-winded we usually have two maybe even three fucking podcast episodes in one one recording session um so basically like what we've been up to any really substantial pickups anything really cool we've gotten and any stories behind it all of course stories are always amazing right that's right well all right <laughs> So I would say the first thing, and this goes back, I think, three weeks, Kyle, I would like to jump into. It's not even a news thing for me, but more for the podcast, is we started doing custom t-shirts. And if people are super interested in it, I mean, we'll, I'll post like a picture of it or whatever, maybe with in conjunction with the episode title or something. Um, maybe if Kyle sends me a picture of him wearing it, too, it'd be cool. But we took the, um, if anybody from Nintendo Age is listening, Kyle has a banner and it's basically, you know, the dude from buying a commando, and it says VGBS Podcast. We put that on a red t-shirt, and it looks fucking amazing. I also took our Life Force freaking logo, threw that on a t-shirt. It looks pretty cool. It looks really good. The third one that we've done is Double Dragon 2, Neen the first boss off the fucking ledge. <laughs> and so we have three custom t-shirts, and if people are interested, I mean, we can easily put it up on the, the store, up on the page. I mean, that's the way that, that people can help us support the fucking podcast. 
to like if people want to support us by getting some shirts and stuff, that'd be fucking cool. Um, the other thing is is that the website we're using for the t-shirts, it's basically limitless. As long whatever we can think of for a t-shirt, we can definitely make. Yeah, that's what's so fun about it, really. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's an awesome thing. Our current level of the podcast, you know, we got a nice tight community right now. That's actually how we kind of like it is having, you know, a tight, tight knit group of friends, basically a circle of friends. And it's, it's really cool. Like we've interacted with a bunch of the people that listen and it's been pretty fun. Um, I've talked to quite a few on, they either get, get a hold of me on Facebook or on Twitter and stuff like that. And I know you guys both are anti Facebook, aren't you? I'm pretty under the radar. Um, I have yeah. my, I have my, like MySpace rain though. That was amazing. But I got so burned out. It was, Spending three or four hours just, like, taking care of, like, you know, so many messages. I was like, man, what's the point of this? And I kind of got burned out where Facebook's more of a – but Facebook's more of, like, a manageable approach. And it's not as much of a back-scratching, like, you comment my page, I comment yours kind of crap. So it's – that's why I can see it's how it's evolved. Yeah. So, yeah, so the the T-shirt thing's a cool thing. I mean, I can see it, you know, at least being fun for us to get some cool shirts to wear. Um, if other people want to start, you know, supporting the podcast as we, you know, get later in there, we might make it a add on or something. Who knows? We'll, we'll figure something out, but, um, yeah, just, you know, let us know if you want a, a t-shirt or whatever, any of the listeners. I mean, that's not an issue. Just get a hold of us. The other thing was, is that YouTube video pandering, and this is, this goes over to Kevin cause Kevin brought this one up today in a email fucking gaming youtube has a channel or some shit what is it called kevin it's just uh youtube for gamers pretty much gaming.youtube.com it's like a whole new interface basically they're competing with twitch.tv to have gamers start live streaming now here's the fucking thing that happened to me today and it's immediately noticeable and it pisses me off so i have quite a few subscriptions on youtube I usually, when I get off work or whatever, and I'm, you know, decompressing, if I have some time, I look through my YouTube subscriptions, and I usually have, like, maybe 20 new videos, and, you know, see, oh, there's a new one by the completionist, the video game completionist, or, like, Pro Jared has a new video, whatever, and so I get off work today, 99 plus fucking new videos, like, over hundreds of new videos today. Half of them are your buddy Mike Batay fucking streaming dumb shit. And they're like, some of them are getting doubled and some of them are getting doubled and tripled up. So, like, I see the same video like three times. And out of all of those, over a hundred, there was one that I was interested in. It was a pro Jared did a review on Chrono Trigger, which was pretty cool. But, like, everything else was like, and eh, it was all, like, all the fucking streaming, bunch of garbage. Like, I, I see this being a huge issue is that it's trendy, popular, whatever, and now everybody's going to be fucking doing live streams of dumb shit, and I'm just going to have to sift through the crap. I might start unsubscribing to people because it's like it's going to get annoying for a while. Oversaturation nation, they called it. Now, why I put pandering episodes is there was some leprechaun that Kevin was fucking talking about, some guy who's been on YouTube for like three months and he has over a thou- thousand... <laughs> yeah, that- Fucking! <laughs> I don't even know the dude's name. <laughs> oh. Oh, Some fucking leprechaun. Some fucking leprechaun is on. He has he has over a thousand subscribers. 
you were sending the link at when I was at work, so I couldn't even check out the uh, page or anything. But um, but basically, I looked at it, and he's doing all the trendy style reviews, and he's basically pandering to the ABGN people. He's you know doing top tens. He's doing everything, and you know that's it's one of those things where it's like Kevin was like, well, what am I doing wrong that I'm not getting as fast? And I'm like, well, you're not fucking pandering to fucking all the the people to try to fucking gain subscriptions for no reason like stay true to yourself that's the main thing but there are some stuff there's a few things that he did right like kyle said he had his game collection behind him when he's recording yeah it's almost like a, 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 it's a staple. staple almost yeah, well it's it's one of those things well, too is like you're Kevin. showing off too like you're showing off all your shit that you like. Hey, look at me! Like it's it's an easy way to show off. And I mean, even in my fucking Kickstarter video, I had my shit behind me, like my Nintendo shrine and everything. Got to show off, man. Yeah, I was thinking. Oh yeah, every video I would do like a different. Like there's so many different angles. I could take like four or five or six even in the retro museum alone. Kyle, you freaking live in Shangri-La. You could like sit down on, yeah. the, on the ground and get one shelf. And it's like more than people have in their entire fucking collection. Pretty much. That's Yeah, that's why you can't take things for granted either. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. But hey, I've worked for that fucking shit. Absolutely. Hunting, hunting and busting my ass. And busting your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but not in jail, man. <laughs> oh, it's safe. <laughs> oh God! You'll, you'll go in a tight end, but you'll leave a wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten, I've gotten Kyle riled up with the leprechaun quotes now. <laughs> the leprechaun. It's over. It's this over. Fucking leprechaun. <laughs> Amazing. Oh. Yeah, it's and the thing is, Kevin's not pandering, which is cool because, like, take the path less traveled. Listen to uh, Robert Frost, right? Basically, yeah. Like, why, why walk down that path? Especially when you have a great job. That's my thing. Like, it, this, this was never like a monetary, financial thing to me because I'm fine on that front. Like, more than well, fine. And Kyle mentioned, you know, a lot of YouTubers are like hyper and over energetic and stuff. And I'll name one person that isn't that is popular, and his name is Gamester Eighty One. That fucking name. Um, that dude is very like normal toned. The whole fucking time. Now, yeah. th- this is how he made his splash, because I saw it happen. Uh-huh. He had so many systems, that's what he became known for. The guy that has every fucking system in the world, like, yeah. basically. So he, he would do a video of, like, I get this pr- random prototype, and then he'd do another video of this system that, like, nobody knew about, except, like, yeah. two people on the fucking planet. And uh, it it wasn't like he had every game or anything. It was He's more of, like, a console person, but... He became number one, like a go-to guy in the community. So like, what you gotta do is figure out what's your niche, Kevin, your go-to thing. And I already know it. I know the answer, but do you know the answer? How are you the go-to guy in the YouTube community? I already know. Oh, do you? I'd love to hear what you guys know. No, no, no. I, I want to I bring it out of you, Kevin. I want to bring it out of you. Bring it, he's gonna yes. bring it out now. Hell yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's see. I guess my. <laughs> Mine is definitely. I I just don't care. I'm doing it as as a fun thing, and I'm not here to jam anything down people's throat and just normally approach them. I'm not. I don't really have a shtick, so to speak. But but when you do your long plays and your let's plays, you gotta you coax Kyle with multiple 
vials of liquor to get him to play instead uh, of me to play. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> no, uh, if anything, it'd be more maybe a game analysis when we're doing something not like even, that. Not definitely... even that. You're, you're you're thinking wrong, Kevin. You're thinking wrong. I've I've drank a few. I've drank wrong. a few beers now. I, I got a good. I got a good idea for you. Hell yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got the great idea now. Yes. It, I didn't say it, a great idea. Thing to I said a good idea. Okay, so we've uh, been doing this but... podcast now. We're on episode. This is episode twenty-seven. Every time we get you to speak a fucking ton, what is it about? Probably about, oh man, probably my opinion on grading something. Mm -mm. No, no, that's that's a normal, we have to pull that out of you, like fucking, oh, I got like you. the army of God got pulled out of fucking God's hands in spiritual warfare. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Well, I guess the It's an easy one, it's stories, obvious. pretty I mean, much. Huh? Stories, I'd say. Mm -mm. Nope. I don't even pay attention. Do, do you know where I'm going, Kyle? Do you know where I'm going, Kyle? Possibly. To, keep keep the, going, though. This is, this is, where the hell is he going? <laughs> this is just gold. Yeah. Uh, keep going, though. Keep going. Okay. Your niche is the same yeah. thing with uh, the, the game set, guys. You are the tech dude. You know the best fucking hookup for every fucking system. You have every one of your consoles modded. You could do a video on every console and how it was modded. Not even that you did it, but how it is modded, how it works through your freaking frame master. You could be the go-to guy for the community for that shit. There is nothing on that on YouTube right now. If I wanted to get all my shit modded, there's no fucking one person that has all the videos. There's like one here and one there, and it's all fucking all over the place. All your shit's modded. It's sitting right there waiting for you to record it. <laughs> saying record me, it's Kevin. just so much work <laughs> and kyle can just ask you while he's playing he can be like hey so how is this work <laughs> yeah you just fucking no, that's that's a good point Do like a super nes one like super goals and ghosts like right because that that one's modded right yeah, yeah. The the trick is with that is you want the Super Nintendo Mini Junior because that gets the best RGB signal out of that model better than the <laughs> what original. What did I tell so you, Kyle? <laughs> what did I tell you, man? Bingo. That's the one we're Bingo. using. Bingo. Optimal RGB. No. <laughs> That's what yeah, I'm saying. Dude. Is like all I saw was that was the Leprechaun's fucking channel, and he was pandering um like new new stuff like hey this is the new retro vgs that's coming out and it's like clickbait stuff but he had a bunch of those and it all built up into like all right so he has all the newer systems like all the new stuff that's coming out so he's kind of like a go-to guy for that for that channel like you got to find your own without just stealing somebody else's idea yeah no it's good as that uh idea is there actually are a couple channels i can think of offhand there was a phone dork who actually I referenced when there really was nothing on YouTube, but he's not like a dedicated channel to explaining, but he'll do the best videos at the time I could find. He's not dedicated. But there is somebody actually dedicated. I don't know if you've ever seen a channel called My Life in Gaming, and they go through extremely thoroughly on uh, basically the same thing that I've already done. But you're you're very knowledgeable on it, though, and I think you could steal some of their thunder. For sure. <laughs> yeah, if, if I wanted to, I could definitely do that. But in the whole, it, the whole thing, it's it's more technical, and I just don't feel it's entertaining in the least to sit there. And it's good as like snippets, like say I'm doing something, and I'll explain it while we're doing something a little bit more entertaining. But to just sit there and have like somebody put technical jargon on you, that's why I never really jumped on it. It's it's not even entertaining to me. Think about it from <laughs> mine or Kyle's perspective. 
our shit isn't yeah. fucking modded. Why should we mod our SNES Mini to make it look good? Oh. And you know why. And you could do a five-minute <laughs> video just explain, hey, this is why you need to do this. This is how it looks better. You could do a comparison from one or the other. Like, here's how it looks better. This is why I do this. That is a very good point. <laughs> and there's a lot of people that are in my boat that have been collecting forever. I haven't modded anything, and I play on the original stuff, but I just don't know about it. And thinking about it from, like, Kyle's perspective, why would I want to pay all the money if I don't even really know why? Like, if we knew why it looked so much better in the frame mice and stuff, it might be worth purchasing. It's kind of like, remember that first time it came over, Kyle, and I had three TVs set up? Yeah. And I and then I showed you, I said, here you go, plug straight into an HD TV with nothing, and it's just like this big blurry mess. And I'm like, here you go, through a scaler, and I'm like, here's emulation through a modern console, and I'm like, here's a CRT, and then you can see all the different levels, so something like that, I'm guessing, is what you're saying. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have not seen videos like that, and I would like to. That's what I'm saying. Like, that is your niche. And it's not that it's not interesting. It is interesting because it's stuff you don't see. Yeah, that's true. It's not the same old thing. And if you want to make it crazy, have Kyle in there taking shots or something. It would be fucking... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Throwing up in garbage cans and shit, yeah. Throwing up fucking yeah, And there's sliders. a lot of things where you said consoles are modded. I don't have all of my modded because one of the few things that people don't realize, it's more of a trick of getting the right model of certain consoles. Like Sega Genesis Model 1 has beautiful RGB already built into it. All you have to do is buy a different cord to get the RGB out of it. It's already in there. And people don't understand that. All you're doing is spending $30 on a cord instead of spending like 100 bucks on a modded system. You See? don't need to do that for there's, some there's, there's, a, there's a three-minute video to make them understand. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, like you have a whole series right there that you could do. And I know I would go to your channel just to watch those like easily. And I'm not the only one. I'm going to have to start Jeff's playlist. Exactly. I'm going to have to call, call it, it Jeff's playlist. <laughs> Jeff's reference. I think it's great. <laughs> call it Modder's Paradise or something like that. I don't know. Well, since uh, it's a great idea, I'll probably be adding that because we'll be wrapping up actually the, it'll be a year this December that it's been since the first video posted, so I'll probably start us off. And like have Kyle there, something so you could talk to somebody, because it'd be weird talking to yourself, so yeah. have somebody there so you can explain it to him, and Kyle could pull the whole I'm Ian and the Pat the NES Punk when they do the video game years where you look at Pat the Anis Buck on video game ears, and Ian's like, like staring, like looking at him, like it's so weird. <laughs> like Kyle, yeah. Kyle could be that guy, but he'll just be drinking, <laughs> <laughs> wasted in the corner. Really. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed that, but I've been watching the last couple video game years, and every time it's like Pat and Ian around there, and like one of the if one's talking, the other one's like staring weird. <laughs> like watch it, I can't not see it now. Because <laughs> like the two. The two retro rare TV guys, they talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is, like, how short those are. Yeah. Video game years. But the thing is, tell me if I'm right, Kevin. They're making money off it because the retention is fuller. Yeah. I, uh, from what I've been reading on different forums that talk about how YouTube and their logarithms work, basically, it's like four to five minutes is like the hot spot. And a lot of bigger channels, what they want to do is you want to have a balance of like four and five minute videos to keep some high retention because 
YouTube will promote those more and make your channel more aware if you're making videos like that because they make more money theoretically through the advertisements and those quick videos than they would say you got like a half hour video even though you're like putting every five minutes there's an advertisement those are not generating as well as those so it's all about making money to youtube hmm. so they want you to put those short snippets it doesn't mean all your videos have to be that but you have to consistently say maybe every week or two at least have one of those four minutes and make them successful so youtube's properly putting you on a promotional ranking system from what i read for what that's worth that was from a forum that's very involved with youtube that i go to so, so your your goal with the modders paradise is to keep the episodes short yep straight and to the point because your long plays yeah. you already have the long episodes so keep them all like five minutes that's your goal for all those and actually that's easy because that's all you really need to say at least the way i explain things it's straight to the point so that'd probably fit really well Exactly. And if you get a lot of questions, guess what that means? It's comments. <laughs> comments, but also second video. And then you get yeah, more. That's true. So Follow up. It all builds, man, and that would be perfect. No, that's a good way to put it. And I didn't even think about that till on the fly on the episode. That's the best part. It's great. <laughs> nice. Well done. <laughs> all right, so uh Kyle, you're up. All right. So, um, first off, some nice pickups for the future here. Hell yeah. Yeah, um, I definitely want to go through. I gotta do my pickups, too. Hell yeah, I mean, I'll do that after you're done. <laughs> uh, I finally gotten a great, because I've been, I've been doing, like, the low ball bid, like, crazy. Hell yeah. I finally grabbed some, some nice deals. Holy Diver for Famicom. Yes, the deal game. Holy yes. Diver! So, the, nice. that's almost, it's like a Castlevania clone, almost. That almost needs to be a homework in the, in the future. That'd be a good one. Fuck yeah. Number one, I, I have a, fa a pretty nice Famicom collection. I've been collecting f just Famicom. After I hit my like the roadblock in all the NES games, then Jeff and I decided to like you know look in the all the uh, the Famicom options and all the games you can play, as we've talked about, without language barrier problems. Yes. So that's one that's been on my list for a while. It's always it's usually a pricier game. It's gone up more as of late, but uh, there's still a decent amount of them online. We'll definitely have to play that one. It's supposedly like pretty hard. It's by Irem. Irem Irem has published an, a lot of fucking shooters, man. Yeah, yeah, like R Type and Image Fight. Yeah. Are they programmer too? They probably right. I am looking at a list of Irem games right now see what they did for the fami here um they did lot lot deadly tower squoon guardian legend kickle cubicle image fight hammer and harry metal storm holy diver now are they like konami though where they develop and publish let me see they are a developer and publisher and formerly a developer and manufacturer of arcade games their main product obviously is R-Type. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, they did a bunch of awesome games on the uh, Super Fami too. Oh, I think R-Type three for Super Nintendo's gone way up. Has it? Fucking yeah. awesome. Because it was at like yeah. I think it was at eighty or ninety. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Yeah, what Space Mega Force? That's even more because that's like the gun knack of SNES. Get it before it starts going insane like Gunnack did. Oh, damn. I do have a PC Engine IRM, and I don't have that many PC Engine games. Mr. Heli. Mr. Heli's cool. Fucking That's really one game cool. I actually don't have. No? It's, it was always more... It's like 15 20 bucks usually. Okay. 
it's decently priced. It's not one. It's probably more now though. Everything is now. And the Saturn game in the hunt. I think that's like a um, submarine arcade shooter. Pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I've never played that one either. Um, oh my god. Okay. <laughs> no way. That's not. Right. <laughs> 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 Holy shit. What? Someone's trying. So the first thing I pulled up. Someone's trying to sell Space Megaforce for two hundred and six dollars. Hell yeah! That's a steal, right? <laughs> <laughs> but there's only one on eBay. Huh. Is there? Cause I sold mine. I thought recently. Uh, how much does a sealed diehard going for? <laughs> oh god! Because I sold a Sparkster for ninety dollars. Yeah, so space, space Megaforce is like not even on eBay. There's a there's a pal one. Jeez. And it's over two hundred dollars now. Well, it's too expensive of a pal for me. No, the pal's one hundred twenty five. The NTSC is two hundred dollars. Now, if you put a PAL game on an NTSC, is that going to play faster than it should because it's bumping up to the 60 hertz instead of the 50? Luke Morris posted a video where someone sent him uh, an American NES. People would send Mm -hmm. him stuff, and then someone sent him a PAL game, and he said it, like, fries the motherboard because it it goes too fast. And uh, it's not recommended because it heats up. Well, the only ones that would be going too fast is if you were putting either a Japanese or American on an, a PAL system. The PAL systems are set for 50 hertz. Uh, U.S. and Japanese are set for 60. So we actually go faster than theirs. So if anything, it's like if you put our American game in there, it'd be probably pulling for 60 hertz, and it's not, and it can only do 50. So I could see those melting, but not ours. Yeah, because his was good. Like Mario is like really fast, like do 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 do. Yeah. So I'm just curious if you took their slow carts and you put it in ours, would it just clock clock up to our speed? Our systems are the faster speed, so if you take a cart of theirs that is a slower speed, is it just going to catch up with our speed or just play really slow? It'll clock down to 50 hertz if we plug it in. I never really tested that. Here's my question to both of you. I thought you could play PAL games in the top loader. Like, can you? You can play them just fine, and you know they that's a good fast. point. That's right. I'd... So it is fast. Mm-hmm. So that's what I saw in that Luke Morris video. Yeah, and he said if you leave that on, no, because he knows this fucking shit. He, he like, huh. repairs stuff for a living. He says, if you leave that on, like, it'll fry the fucking board. It, oh, it I will. see. It so it's, it's overclocking the cartridge, so that's what's getting too hot, and that's frying the system. When I feel the back of my Famicom, that thing gets hot, yeah. like, by itself, like, mm-hmm. just huh. as it is. Like, I wouldn't, it would almost, like, ignite if it got, like, a few degrees higher, like. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it's the, the other board. thing, Kevin, is if you load a PAL ROM in, like, a power pack or an EverDrive, it will play fast. Yeah. Okay. Like if you load a gimmick or a um, new Ghostbusters two or anything like that, the PAL ROM it'll be jacked up. That's why people have hacked the Famicom versions of some of those to make them, you know, because they play right. Yeah. Okay. That's how it works. Yeah. Though. So, and uh, are, are you ready for this? Back to back to the eBay fun. Oh god. So, yeah. D- buy it now. This is not what it's worth because what it's worth is what I got on like a lowball bid or and and what it sells for. And what it sells for on eBay. That's the other thing. Yeah, I mean, what what people are willing to pay at the highest of a bid. You know, and uh, so pe- people are trying to sell a sealed diehard. Here we go. Drum roll. $589. <laughs> 589 sealed, huh? That's sealed. Oh, yeah. That's uh, definitely. US? Yeah. And yeah, of course. Okay. Someone has one in a uh, VGA graded 85 plus for 650 
all about that grade, apparently. I mean, the car- the carts themselves are over a hundred dollars now, and some of them. What What if I put mine in a case and then I gave it our VGBS grade on it? Do you think that would sell well? I think so. <laughs> I like the guy who has the broken Die Hard cartridge sitting on a pedestal for a hundred and. 2747. <laughs> like, and it's like nice. on a pedestal, it's like cracked and it's more expensive than like there's one that's 50 and one that's 65 right next to it. <laughs> <laughs> this one's like cracked and he wants more. Oh, what turds, what turds they are. <laughs> so, um, another little get treat that I got uh, for Super Famicom Hagane. Yes. Hagane, nice. nice. Yes. So I finally secured that. So we're definitely going to do that for homework. Did you secure me a copy? <laughs> well, it's cheaper for Super Famicom. It, the one for Super Nintendo is like, what, two or $300? Yeah. And there's no real difference other than, I'm guessing, the text? Yeah, and it's not you know, it's not like an RPG. It's a side-scroller, so you can rock it. But I need to know the story of the side-scroller. <laughs> and I finally got a really great price on it. Because it's Super Famicom, it's great. Nice. People exactly. don't think in that realm and... I have my modded Super NES in my room, so it plays Super Famicom, which is like the easiest mod ever. Remove the little, about it. yeah, we remove the little, uh, the little tabs inside with a kneeling those pliers. Yeah, it's that's the easiest one ever. But um, that game though is fucking killer. And what was the one you were talking about, Jeff? That's like, it's like a side scroller that we have to do soon too. That I have to see if I can get a little ball. Sky. Blazer, I think it's called Sky Blazer. I think it's okay. Sky Blazer, and basically it's like Ninja Gaiden and uh, Strider, and it's really pretty. It's really cool. We just got to make sure that it's not too um like cryptic. I- I'm not sure. I thought it was straightforward, but I also thought that Demon's Crest was straightforward, and that's not. So, yeah. <laughs> got to make sure because we can't be jumping down the uh, that rabbit hole where it's like a really long, convoluted game. Because like Spiritual Warfare was honestly too long of a homework game too. And that's that's what you mentioned. That was awesome. And episode twenty five, like, and Kevin too. What do you think of this? Like, the longer the game is, like, it feels forced for some reason. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. There's just there's just something about the charm of older games. I prefer because there's a lot more that you can find that you could beat in a sitting or two, as opposed to ones you gotta live in for weeks. <laughs> And, th- and that's also why we're not going to play a lot of newer generation games, because once you get to the 64 PS1 era, the games become a lot longer. Yeah, which is what Kevin's saying, yeah. Yeah, like, ridiculous. So even newer games beyond that, longer and longer and longer. So it's going to be very specific on what we're choosing. It's not because we don't play newer games, because we definitely do, some of us. Kyle, but uh, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, they're still awesome. I, I think I think GTA Five is fucking the coolest thing I've ever Amazing. seen. There's so, yeah. no way we can do that for a homework. <laughs> so, but that's beautiful game. So yeah, I love yeah. that new shit. But if we do decide to do like a crazy ass long game for a homework, it'll be more so a initial playthrough. Yeah, just first impression. Because like when we do a homework, we're really only sitting down with the game two to three times max for sit-downs. And so if we play a Chrono Trigger, expect us to sit down with it two or three times, and then we're going to dissect it. Um, And that's plenty to dissect a game. We may not have mastered it, we may not hit every nuance, and that's what we want to do. So that's why we're going to pick shorter games. Because we want to master it in that time frame. Because otherwise we're doing freaking Chrono Trigger Season 1, and it was starting to get long <laughs> yeah it doesn't feel forced in that way yeah exactly there, there was one thing that we both got kyle 
this in the last three weeks. Uh, the Famicom controller, the B controller. Oh, did you end up winning a lowball too? Fuck yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> That's the best. Everybody's thing. getting that damn lowball. I keep missing out on those. Yeah, because because you can put it in the expansion port and you can play it two two player ones at the same time. So technically, London can like play with me live. <laughs> Yeah, she yep, can, actually. Twin B time. Yeah, and, uh, that's a perfect segment for me to go into. Uh, I have one more game that I got. This is, like, almost a different thing. Oh, I, I'm, set, I'm setting you up for success on that one. Yeah, you, you really are. You always do that. <laughs> Lobbing you an easy one. <laughs> Boom, out of the park. He's on fire! <laughs> <laughs> Nail in the coffin. Okay, so you can win these lowball bids of on these controllers. and um, how, how much was your lowball for, by the way? I only pay, I think I only put 6 or $7 as high as I'll go. Wow. I think I paid 10 for mine. Maybe 9 I do have one one for $4. I want one for $6. I want one for the $7. Because they just keep coming. This dude just keeps posting them. It's probably the same guy that you got it from. Yeah. Because I was, once I get my stuff, like, I could just keep doing that, but I... If that's what's cool, like let Jeff get his now, because there's there's only so many that are actually on eBay on auction. So here's here's the secret: you go to the custom search and you search auction only, and you you pick your price, and then for the controller, you can put Famicom controller, you could put whatever um, you want. Hori, if you just put H O R I, those are great controllers. Mm-hmm. Now I I did win a Hori. It's a uh, black and gold one. Nice. But when I, and it was super cheap, and it's funny because the guy puts untested, like, really? Like, you have games, like, you sell games, like, you can't tell me that you can't just, like, test this. It takes, like, 20 seconds, right? I always, that's the shadiest thing. It's, like, untested, like, wait a minute. Like, how? You're a gaming vendor. (laughs) So it's basically a, a bullshit way of saying... This probably doesn't work. There's something broken on it. <laughs> yeah, and you're not going to get your money back. So we didn't test it, you know. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious to me. Because the same guy, he's in Japan, he sells stuff that some some doesn't say untested. So some does and some doesn't. So it's like, what the fuck? It's really bizarre. But So I was like, that's that's fine, because I've fixed a lot of controllers. It's actually one of my specialties is the controllers. It's a hobby of mine. Yes, it's a hobby of mine. <laughs> so I I actually uh, got the the Hori in and I tested it out and I've gotten um, two other controllers from this guy recently they both worked great this one though um, when I press left and when I press down on the control pad you had to like really dig your thumb in to make it go Ugh. so I was like oh here we go eBay project so um, that's the thing about eBay too you gotta sometimes you find yourself in a project because you realize why the seller sold it. So I turn it over to unscrew it, and I, I unscrew, um, there's either five or six screws. It's a little different from the NES. But um, I get to the last screw, and I was fucking with it before, and I was like, well, okay, I'll just get the rest and go back to it. But it was, like, super stripped. And I and then I was like, oh, okay, well, the fact that it's stripped, you know, you can't pull it out with the screwdriver. So you can't put your finger in the little hole so how do you get it out, you know? So the guy's probably like, well, this thing's fucked. I can't take it apart to even try to fix it, so I'm just going to sell it. You know, I could totally see that. So the thing is, the little security bit piece that you use to open up the NES carts, mm-hmm. um, some NES carts have 
you can open it up with a flathead. Others need you need a security bit. You can actually use that security bit and put it into the controller, and I got that screw out. Nice. Because it goes around it. It's kind of yep. it's kind of like a hexagonal type shape or whatever. So it grasps it in in that way. So when I opened it and I looked at the pads, I could see that they were like ripped. So it's like someone had played the shit out of that controller. Nice. I mean, like hardcore. So um, I actually I had a bunch of extras from just random stuff that I would find over the years and stuff like that, and like lots that I would win and just weird shit off eBay and flea market. So I just went through my bin and got you know new pads that weren't ripped and decently clean and stuff, uh, replaced all those pieces, and then. Um, Put it back together and made sure to put new screws. I tested it on Double Dragon Three, and I was doing flips and jump kicks, and it was just normal, you know. And that was and that was you in the room while you were using the game. Nice. <laughs> exactly, I was like, yes. <laughs> so it's 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 like a triumphant thing too because he thought he got one over on me, where it's like, no, I got one over on you. No, can't do that to Kyle's restoration <laughs> corner. <laughs> it's, it, it's like saving like the history of it. You know, because those those horror controllers aren't very common, um, maybe nope. in Japan, but not here. Not at all. So I'm still looking for one. <laughs> so it's nice to say I pulled one out of the fucking trash heap. I just I got the one that I got was the red one with the Hudson B on it, and that's the one that Arena was using in the Game Center CX episode with uh, Takaishi Menji. <laughs> that's the one that I have plugged in too, because it's like a normal controller. That's the best one. Plus, it has our the tattoo we have on it. So it's like our, that's like the the B Brothers controller. B Bros controller. Yeah. You gotta use it. Super B Bros. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, that that was what was cool. And lastly, I wanted to go into one game and then uh, see what Kevin's been up to. So this game is kind of was more expensive than I thought, but this is another weird thing about the online thing. So Predator, that's like one of my favorite movies of all time. So anything Predator is awesome, right? So I was looking for the NES box. Oh god. And it's actually really up there. I lowballed that for like I've been outbid a lot. I I would go up to like twenty twenty five. People are paying a lot for that. That's a minty one. So um, I was just looking around and I was like, let's see what the Famicom one goes for. Or is there a Famicom one? Let's see. And I looked it up and I was like, wow, it's like twenty or thirty bucks. And I noticed there was one on bid, and there was like a new listing. And this is interesting too because when sometimes when someone when there's a bid war going on a new listing will go and try to grab whatever price that game is at. Yeah. And, like, you know, because they, they see, like, there's demand for it, so I'll just undercut this guy or whatever. It's actually not a bad strategy. It just takes a lot of work to, like, research it all. So he was selling it for $10 free shipping. It was, like, minty as hell, just the cartridge. But usually it goes for, like, 20 or 30 and the auction was at, like, $9 or something. And I think it was even with shipping, so it was actually more. So I was like, this is a brand new listing. which So that, that guy's like, well, I'm just going to charge what's less because someone's going to buy it, and I just want to make money. So I just happened to look it up at that point, and I, I bought it. Now, um, I got it mostly for display purposes, just to put with all like my other like NES like film-type games. Uh, I, I got like a wrestling thing going on, too, now. So you got your, your movies, your films, stuff like that which is what Jeff and me are talking about, like the pop culture type thing, you know? Yep. But uh, So I pop in Predator to try to, you know, test it out, and you start in big mode. So (laughs) 
you don't start in that um, side scroller level where you're small. And uh, when I beat the first big mode, the first level that I got to wasn't the first level in, in the NES version. The first side scroller level, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was completely different too. So it's like a completely different game. Now I don't know if the maps are completely different or they're just rearranged. It's very weird. Yeah, and I can't think of a lot of games that have that where the NES and the Famicom versions are like completely shuffled. Well, you'll have to definitely thank Rob because you would have never known that if you would have never forced us to play that motherfucker. <laughs> there you go. So that's a weird. That's just a weird thing. It's, it's very weird. It's interesting. It's. I wonder if they just like took out the first level and then like the first big level is level one now, and then level three would be level two now. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking. Like, I almost wish you were there, because you beat it. Then you could be like, oh, I remember this one was like, you know, blah, blah. Yeah, I might have a better grasp. Maybe. Maybe I wouldn't even know, because it's been a while now. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Tried to purge that from my system. <laughs> like a bad fungus. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it for my stuff. I do have a, a couple items that I really crazy fucking items that I picked up, man. All right. The, the, the normal one was is I got my Game Boy Two, my Super Game Boy Two for the Super Nintendo, the one that plays the emulation one hundred percent. And then I got the uh, Game Boy EverDrive, so now I can play every Game Boy game on the EverDrive, and that'll go good with what we're going to talk about later with Game Boy stuff. Because I know Kevin has some Game Boy stuff he's probably going to talk about after me, <laughs> and then we can go right into that, right? It would probably be a perfect thing. So it's, it's pretty cool, but I didn't know the Game Boy EverDrive played Game Boy Color games. But the irony is is that the Game Boy Player in the GameCube is really funky. So I have like the perfect emulation piece for Super Nintendo, and then I got to like downgrade to play my Game Boy Color. It's freaking weird. But I did finally get that. Uh, the only EverDrive I have left to get is the 64 one, and I'm kind of holding off because there's nothing on the 64 I really have to play right now. Um, I'm not really into that kick yet. It'll, it'll come. 
Um, the I don't other, know if it will or not. It, 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 Pennsylvania, <laughs> you know, that'll definitely bring them in. It might come. Maybe eventually. Star Fox. The, the problem is, is that all the games that I wanted to play, like most of them were just released on Rare Replay. Um, like Blast Core and Banjo-Kazooie and Perfect Dark. Like certain ones that I wanted to play again, they all were just released and they're on the newer gen console that I have. So, fuck. <laughs> like it's just like, I'll just play them up there. The one thing that I got that was really crazy, it's a really cool piece, I got a Mike Tyson's Punch-Out figure. Oh, cool. Who was it? It was a promo figure released for the launch party of the NES game. And it's the worst-looking piece of shit I've ever fucking seen. Mike Tyson (laughs) looks retarded. The paint on this silver championship belt is, like, coming off on it. And they all were like that. Like it is, like looks like Mike Tyson's wearing lipstick. <laughs> like it's really bad. It is Jeez. really fucking bad. I'll have to send Weird. you guys a picture. What the hell are they it's, it's, it's yeah, I gotta see that. Fucking funny. I yeah, some guy in Nintendo Age had him. Like he he found a like a package of them or something and said, "Hey, I'm gonna sell these guys to you because I don't need all these." <laughs> And so I bought one, and, like, they'll never pop up again. This is something that you'll never see again. And fucking awesome, though. Like, it's so terrible. It's a collectible, though, and it's a terrible collectible. That's even better. Oh, yeah, and it's... So uh, bad, it's good. He's on my shelf right next to Dr. Wiley. Like, it looks great. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a hilarious, like, laughing conversation piece. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. They're like, what the fuck is... Like, I posted it on Facebook, and one guy wrote, what the... That's all he wrote. <laughs> It's like some of those Mario's are really ugly and scary looking. It's great. Yeah, like it's way worse <laughs> than those. It makes those look amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other item I got, and it was something that I apparently um pre-ordered, and then the guy sent me a PayPal invoice, and it never came through. Uh, it is called Atlantean for the Turbo Graphics 16 PC Engine. And this is the only homebrew to my knowledge for the Turbo Graphics that's on a Hue card. It's not a CD. So they he, they did their own Hue cards, they did their own casing. It's by a company called Aetherbyte. Um, it says Volume One on it, so I don't know if they plan on doing more. There's a Christmas version with Santa, but this one's called Atlantean. So essentially, this is a Defender clone. I didn't know that when I bought it. Um, but you're underwater saving Atlantis. What's really fucking cool, though, is that there's multiple modes of this, and that's something Defender didn't have. So you have your normal Defender levels, right? So you're killing all the enemies, and the enemies are trying to take the the people up, you know, just like in Defender. And then after you beat, like, a few waves of bad guys, it goes to, like, a mine mode. And basically what happens is, is that, like, you're scrolling to the right, like a shoot 'em up and there's just mines you have to, like, weave in and out of them. So that's pretty cool that it breaks up the action like that. And then you go back to some more of the um, defender mode, and then I got to a boss fight. So there's, like, freaking boss fights in there, and I don't know if there's, like, different bosses. I think there's multiple bosses, though, in the game. I mean, there's parallax fucking scrolling in the game. There's two different difficulty levels. There's normal, and then there's, like, endless. And each one has its own scoreboard, which is pretty fucking cool. Um, th- those were the modes. Then there's easy, medium, and hard speed difficulty. So they, like you and the enemies move faster. That's how they do difficulty. But it's it's a really fucking cool homebrew. And like Turbo Graphics homebrew. This is I think my third 
homebrew game that I've bought. I also bought Mysterious Song, which was an RPG, and Pyramid Plunder, which was like a single screen, like Pac-Man style game. All of them have been amazing. So, I mean, I, I you know, Turbo Graphics is low key as it is, man. And this right here, fucking awesome little treat. Sounds like you're batting a thousand percent, man. Yeah, pretty much. I know there's been some other uh, Turbo games that have come out, but all the other ones are on CDs. So this one was like Hue card. I was like, well, I got to get a Hue card one. That's freaking amazing. Like the love that these homebrewers are putting in the games is outstanding. Yeah, it's way cooler because you can't just burn it, the ISO. Exactly. Yeah, like some of these other games, like I can get the fucking game for free. Like That's my that's my guess to why who cards are going to, in maybe 10 or 20 years, they're going to supersede the CD-ROM prices because you have to get, I mean, unless you have like an average drive or something or whatever. But you, other than that, you have to get that who card. Even the average drive, though, is on the who card. So, like, that's still an expensive piece. Yeah, it's still something that's, you know, uh, extravagant buy there. So, yeah. I think that's where it's going. Um, there's still some Super CD-ROM games that are worth a shit ton, like Kazakiri. Kazakiri is like a Kung Fu on steroids. I was yes, like, we were talking about that, and I need to fucking play that game. Un- unfortunately, my old laptop broke, so that was my only CD burner. So, I don't have a way to burn a copy, and the game's two three hundred dollars yeah, and it's the other ones like you know like Sapphire because it was you know like we were talking about a long time ago. It's like a yeah. release at a convention, but the thing with that is now they have like reproductions of that game. So, mm. oh yeah, that that PC Engine guy that's been doing all the the repro box sets. I think he's done three of them now. Now it's like if I wouldn't buy Little Samson unless I I was buying it from like you or Kevin or Nintendo Age. Even then, like. I'm still working on making the label. Hold on, Kyle. When I'm done, I'll sell it to you. <laughs> so some guy who just got banned in the last week, he had like 6,000 posts, and he had like, you know, hundreds of feedbacks, and he he, he got banned. Like, and he put, got put in the Hall of Shame. It can happen, for sure. The yeah. most trusting fuck you over, like, sideways. So that's the thing. Yeah, he's got to know the people, make sure they're reputable, like buying right. it from Penguin or something. Yeah, you know, so, but that's where it's come to. And that was another thing that's kind of sad. It's just like, I'm glad I got my shit over with when I did because I'm so skeptical now. It's not even funny with the repros and <laughs> just how it's so close to the real thing now. You can buy a box for Flintstones 2 online right now like for nothing. Actually, uh, along those lines, I, I've been, I got a sealer in the mail um, off of eBay, really cheap lowball. Because for my Kickstarter, and I haven't mentioned this, I'm actually, all my boxed CIBs that I'm doing, they're all going to be sealed. So nice. it's going to be like a brand new fucking Nintendo game, sealed. So you're going to so you're gonna have Fuck a new, yeah. new game to open. I learned how to do H-seams last weekend, and nobody knows nice. how to do H-seams. And I figured it out, and it was pretty easy, and I did one, like my first one I did looked all right. And I'm like, well, shit, if I fucking get really good at this. So I, I think I'm going to do all the LEs and H seams. But if I learn that with a sealer and 15 minutes of time, I imagine like somebody doing an H seam fucking sealed box that looks pretty fucking decent. And then they H seam it. And it's like, well, what are you looking for now? <laughs> like, like, that's the way, main thing for a box sealed game is that if it has an H seam, it's good to go. 
Wow. So that's per- that's pretty crazy. And you know, once I start, once I do my release, I think people are gonna see it and be like, "Oh, I could do that and start selling fucking bullshit games." And be like, ugh, because I um I, when I did my H seam, I did um Air Fortress. I H seamed it, and it has like a, a label sticker on it or something. The box, so it's like underneath the seal. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's a ton of like question threads, you know, that that come up a lot. Yeah, on the forums where where it's like, is this a real H seam? Is this is this fake? Like, because it, it's true. Like, who who's to say? Who's to say is a motherfucker, dude? Yeah, and it's it's crazy, but yeah. So like, but me being able to seal all the games, like I'm gonna do a um a you know, color dream seal on the rest where it's just the sides. It's easy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Except for it'll actually be sealed properly because even my spiritual warfare splitting on the side because they, they didn't seal it correctly. They didn't have the heat up high enough. That's what that is. And if you have the heat up too high, it turns it black. So you got to have it. I have it set perfectly. But yeah, so like I'm going to do a normal seal on all all the, the regular editions and I'm going to try to H seam all the LEs. Um, th- that's going to be a long time because, I mean, shit, Sly Dog's still programming the game, so. Yeah, we used to have this shrink wrap machine at this print shop I used to manage, and it would, you would, uh, put the, uh, whatever you wanted in this conveyor, and it would, like, put it through this, like, like an oven almost. Mm-hmm. And it would come out, sh- like, shrunk wrapped. But, yeah, some, sometimes if it was too hot, like, think about, so that item has to go underneath the oven. The sealer that I have is, like, a metal machine with a little arm and basically when you push the arm handle down it creates heat in that little strip and it melts whatever's there so i put the bag through press it down it for like a second and melts it and i just pull it and it like seals it perfectly it takes like a second and then the key is is that after you're done with it you take it and you use like a heat gun which could be a hair dryer but i actually have a heat gun from when i was soldering and then it actually like tightens everything up but you don't have to keep it in extreme heat like you're talking about, like going through the conveyor. That's the that's to tighten up all the the plastic. All I have to do is use a little heat gun, and it like it like tightens it all the way to the box. It's perfect. Yeah, you just put it in like a baggie, and then you put it on the conveyor. But when it, when it went under that oven, that's like not good, especially for a game or something. Yeah, so yeah. You you almost have to do it in a way that you do it like manually mm-hmm. instead of like on an assembly line style, which. It takes more time, but that's what it's all about, putting that love in, you know. It's, it's going to be a, a little bit of a pain, but I think in the end, like, the quality of that's going to be awesome. And I think there's going to be a, a few people that aren't even going to open the game, though. That's going to be the irony with that. But that's that's their own choice. They bought it. <laughs> well, what I'm going to do, I just slit, slit it open with an X-Acto knife. Yep. Just open it, and then there you go, man. Exactly. Nice. All too easy. And I don't know if I'm going to do the you know, the color dream style and do the top seal as a, as a seam or the bottom as the seam. I think I'm going to do the top as the same. So that way you can still, if people don't buy the box protector, they can still stack it perfectly. Yeah. It's all about those box protectors though, man. I'll tell you. Exactly. I did get more of those by the way. You can never have too many. I, I needed a whole new, after getting all that boxes from the last time I was talking about my, my gets, it's, I, I needed more of them. <laughs> I'm finally caught up now. So, uh, so Kevin, no. you're up. It's time. Um, oh, what's been going on? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, <laughs> nothing too exciting. I'd say I've just been putting a lot of uh, 
ideas together about um, the holiday season's coming up. you got to film way ahead of time, so I'm concentrating on some series of games for Halloween and whatnot, and then there's so many to pick from. It's very, it's very hard to narrow it down because it's like, man, there's just too many good franchises out there to try out, but... I think we're definitely going to do, for homework, we're going to do definitely like Zombies in My Neighbors or something Halloween-y. Yeah, stuff like that is really good to go. But um, one series that I've always made a tradition pretty much for myself to at least play one in the series, if not more, every year is pretty much the Ghosts and Goblins slash Ghouls and Ghosts series. And when it comes to that series, uh, I'd have to say the Sega Genesis one is my favorite, so... I'll more than likely do that one one way or another, but I think Kyle's is obviously the Super Ghouls and Ghosts. No. <laughs> and then uh, Ghosts and Goblins, yeah, that one's a love-hate relationship, but since since I, I beat it, it's, it's tolerable. It's just something to brag about, I guess, that you can actually tolerate that insanity for that long, but... No, other than uh, concentrate on those, which I'll have up and coming in October. It's the most recent thing, I guess, that is more interesting of something that I learned when I was talking to you guys, I think, in a previous podcast about those Super Game Boys and Uh how you want to make sure you got a Super Game Boy 2, the Japanese model, because, you know, Japanese, everything is better than what we get over here, it seems like, back in the day. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, let's throw you another lob. How about the multiplayer Game Boy game? Uh, that's what I was really trying to do some experimentation with because I've never really done any multiplayer games for a Game Boy other than with a Game Boy Advance or a DS, which is way more modern than the original. And I don't know if people know out there, but I found out after doing some research, and it's pretty frustrating. Uh, Nintendo's no better than Apple, like back in the day with their proprietary connections. An original Game Boy has its own connection. A Game Boy Color has its own connection. A Game Boy Advance has its own connection. That plug just changed every damn time. Yeah, it did. It did. To this day, I'm still waiting in the mail from Japan. I paid like $3, but it's like, two months shipping to get a Game Boy Color one is what I need. I have an original Game Boy and I have a Game Boy Advance, but I do not have a Game Boy Color one. And that is the cord you need to use with the Super Game Boy that plugs into the Super Nintendo Super Game Boy 2. Really? And but it won't play yeah, that's but it won't play Game Boy Color games. It that's the cable that it needs. That's the one that's sized up on there. I couldn't tell you why. So weird, yeah, because you can't play Game Boy Color games in the Super Game Boy 2. I I don't know why it's geared that way. Maybe because that that came out during the Game Boy Color era. Fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense to me at all because the original Game Boy plug is significantly larger, so I can almost understand why they changed it. But then when you go to the Game Boy Color, which I don't know because I'm still waiting in the mail for it, it doesn't look much smaller than the Game Boy Advance one. So why they kept changing the plug other than to be themselves and make more money selling cables. That was the It is what it is. (laughs) There you go. It's all boils down to money. We all know that. It's also why they changed the fucking power adapter every iteration, too. (laughs) Yeah, that's a whole other headache with that one. Don't get me started on power adapters. That's why we gotta have surge protectors with, like, 20 outlets on them to keep these damn things plugged in. Yep. I do have the Game Boy Advance player, which... I then did some more research, because you know me, i got to have the optimal setup the best that I can with what I got. And then I find out that thing's a hunk of junk. It is. And Nintendo made it themselves. You actually have to download an ISO, 
of somebody who rewrote the Game Boy Player disc, which actually it's kind of cool because those Game Boy Player discs aren't cheap or common. You can download for free an ISO a guy wrote that works with the Game Boy Player that actually translates the Game Boy Player to be like 99.9% more like accurate. Like the regular one's like 95% accurate is what they're saying. And if you want a way more accurate one, you can just download this guy's ISO. The only thing that sucks is you need like either a Game Shark, I think it is, you know, where you can like flip the disc to switch them out or a modded GameCube. You need a mod, I think, on it. Yeah, mod, or they said something about an SD card loader, which I'm not familiar with. I think that's a mod. Yeah, okay, that's that's definitely what you need, which is which is detrimental to me because that's actually one of the few consoles I don't have modded as a GameCube because I never really bumped into somebody that has the skill that can mess with those things yet. But maybe in the future. So regardless, I'm going to be. Uh, I tested with the cable that I had, so I had a Game Boy Advance. Um, Kyle was over, so we tried loading link games that we knew that we had the legit game we both had a copy of i believe was double dragon which is really interesting and i'm excited to try it when we get a chance because double dragon for the nes as you guys all know because it's one of your favorite series it's only one player they corrected it with the game boy and you can just play and it's very similar to the nes one It's like a a mini version of it. I think they chopped down the levels, but they added some other things in there. When I was playing it single player, that it'd be a very interesting and worthwhile experience to go through the effort of doing it two players with somebody, if you can pull that setup off, which hopefully when I get that damn cord in the mail, I'll be able to film for a future video to show everybody. Absolutely. It's kind of interesting because uh, for me, I, I really don't, I find it interesting for modern gaming, but I find myself digging more in the past and just exploring all these different accessories and games that I just wasn't aware of because there were so many other things out at the time. And I'm having more fun delving into this and finding these hidden gems or games or whatever you want to call them, as opposed to waiting for the next modern game to come out, so to speak. And, and see, like, your your adventure to get to that is, like, your modding and everything. That's definitely your corner, man, on the YouTube market, oh. I'm telling you. <laughs> and I mean, you got to start chopping those things together. And think about it. You could do your whole story of how you've gotten the Game Boy player to work with all the crazy... I'm linking and everything, and then you can lead up to the big episode where you and Kyle are playing Double Dragon. (laughs) Definitely. That would be the finale right there to actually show it working. (laughs) Exactly, but it doesn't have to be the same video. You do like a five-minute video and then a longer video. Yeah. We need more of those five-minuters. That's what YouTube told me, so I'll be cranking out mini-sodes so then Jeff will look at his subscriptions and see 200 in there. (laughs) <laughs> and then I have to weed through them. <laughs> no, they definitely need to have an option in there where you can like turn off live feed because nobody wants to see it. They should add. I bet you that option will get you in the future because you're not the only person I heard complain about that. I don't blame you. Nobody wants to see live all the time. They want to see what what did post that was real. Plus, you can just press record, and that's what makes it way too easy. To where there's yeah. no preparation, there's no nothing, so it's going to oversaturate like a motherfucker. Oh, yeah, oh it's, yeah, it's terrible. It already is. Everybody, from what Jeff said. everybody will see how oversaturated it is when I start doing it. First day. <laughs> it's bad. There you go. Just hit that button. And you know what? I just don't understand because uh, I'm assuming because I was looking at the interface, then they kept on putting somebody right in the middle on the front page. And I'm assuming that's the person who has the most 
um, watching live at the time. And it was always like um, the most boring game in the world to watch. Like one time I was on there, a guy was just playing like Forza Motors, mm-hmm. uh, that Forza game. And I'm like, dude, it's just a car on a track. That's it. And everybody's like watching intently. What? I mean, I'd rather watch the Indy 500. Why the hell are they watching this? But. <laughs> YouTube sees PewDiePie and thinks that they're onto something, that's why. They also, Man. like, a lot of people are too lazy to play a lot of the newer stuff, so they'd rather watch somebody else do it. Yeah, like, that's, vicariously that's another live. phenomenon, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, like, and like, I thought you were a gamer, but really, you like watching people game. <laughs> so what's the word if you're not, if you're a gamer, you're like a lamer because you just watch yeah, like or a, what? It's like, a, it's like a voyeuristic gamer. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You're a vamer, a vamer, vamer gamer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. then like, there's the people that want to see a game before they buy it. So they'll watch somebody like do like a little bit of a let's play on it. I can understand that. That I understand, but yeah, watching yeah. them play randomly on a freaking live stream that does nothing for me unless i like the person yeah character thing yeah yeah either the character or the person or they're doing it for charity or you know what i mean then i'll watch yeah like we were saying in those earlier emails the only time i really find it interesting is if it's small enough that you can actually comment and they'll talk back to you it's more interactive other than that it's like who cares nobody's gonna pay attention that you said hey bozo they're not gonna talk back to you they got 50 other comments that are like live streaming constantly that was the most fun part of the um it it definitely wasn't from like a youtube thing but richie knuckles um the old king of arcades guy was doing the the kong off four and he was doing some kind of twitter stream and Mm -hmm. i was sitting there and like, I didn't know that they could read the comments. Or there was, like, a little chat room comment thing. And I was, like, this Vince LeMay Donkey Kong player. Like, apparently, like, there was some documentary, him playing versus Dr. Kong. And he's like, I'm a bodybuilder. And I just wrote in there, hey, Vince is looking small. And Richie goes, hey, somebody said you look small. He's like, what? He stopped playing? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I was like, tell him it's Jeff the Army guy. <laughs> But it was awesome because he like turned around. I was like, "Oh, that's fucking awesome!" That that made yeah, no, that entire fun. thing awesome. <laughs> Busted so his like, balls, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so really, I think with this advantage, like you just said, it's the interaction that's going to sell. And I think it might have it. It might actually switch the power to instead of these guys that have millions of people commenting at them, it might gear people to actually go to the smaller channels and be like, you know what, I like watching the smaller channels because. Because when I comment, these guys actually acknowledge me. Yeah. And even though they're not who I'm always watching, you'll eventually build, we'll say, a virtual relationship. Because every time you're seeing these people play, you're getting you're getting in some comments and you're getting dialogue back. I would go back to that as opposed to just watching some guy scream like an idiot and see 50 million comments be like, you're wonderful. <laughs> you know? There's a troll factor where people get fucking mean. Like, like the people who comment on your channel, Kevin, are like respectful, like of you. But oh, only the ones that you see. You don't know. Really <laughs> <get banned. laughs> do you like delete? Count? Like, what do you do? Well, no, I, the, uh, YouTube's pretty good. Uh, they'll give you an option, and uh, I'm not a big, f- I'm not a big fan for like all the cursing on there. So I put all the curse words as like a filter. So they'll go into a folder, and it'll be like 
somebody said these, you know, words and I'm, then I look at them and usually it's something negative. So I just let them spam. You know what I mean? They go to a spam thing that people don't see unless I approve it. But sometimes ah. people are like, Oh, you're fucking awesome. So that one, it's like, well, it's positive, but in the same token, you guys talking like a sailor. So you got to make those decisions on the video. Christian Kevin. Do you get ones mm-hmm. like like you're a fag or like you know you suck or like that's the stuff like AVGN like this guy's a faggot like that's what the whole troll like it's a, the troll factor like once you get to a certain level it gets fucking ruthless and toothless man. Oh uh, no, the most thing that I get on uh, my channel is they're just like old man, what are you doing? <laughs> you yeah. know, it's just like a bunch of they're like some geezers trying to play and they're like this is sad. And that's the the inverse <laughs> of what you're saying like. That's where it's like it loses meaning because it's just a bunch of little trolls running around spouting stupid shit. Whereas instead, you know, it's a smaller channel and it's more um, like a little like village almost where there's like 10 or 20 or 30 people that watch that video and always comment and you know them and they become like, you know, you're like Internet friends almost. If if you want to see some trolls, Kevin, go ahead and post a, a Patreon video. There you go. <laughs> I'll get a, I'll get a whole bunch, and then I'll no. I'm going to say I'm I'm opening a Patreon, and you know what? I really just can't make content anymore until this hits this level, and yep. then see how much money that brings. What in. was the one the GameSack did where they got? And we all love GameSack, but what what did they raise it up to, Kevin? So they made their quota last month, and it was yeah. You know what? I think it, it caught up with them because between me, I, I'm a big fan of GameSack. Explain this. They made their they made their first quota, and I remember seeing this like two years ago. I will say GameSack is the best with Patreon because I've never, at least I've never seen a video where they even mention it. It's like you got to like dig in and look these guys up, and then notice they have it there. It's not like they're like plugging it at at any time. I've never even seen a video that says, "Hey, watch for us for Patreon." But regardless, they started with five hundred bucks was the their first goal, which they recently met a few weeks ago. And what it said is, "Hey, if we meet this five hundred dollars every month as their quota, then they'll post every week." And you know what? I was excited because that's I was kind of frustrated. I'm like, man, it's every other week. So I'm like, hmm, you know, it's kind of my Sunday routine. I'll wake up, get my coffee, and I'll sit down. I'm like, all right. I never noticed that. I thought they always posted every week. That's weird. <laughs> no, it's, it was every other week, and now they're every week. But um, I think uh, they short-selled themselves because – they now have their next quota as five grand a month. Oh, <laughs> ridiculous! Yeah. It went from five hundred to five grand. What? Yeah, like jeez. Now are they gonna like travel to people's houses and give them blowjobs? Like, no, 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 no. Five no, no. grand, man. <laughs> That's amazing. It blatantly says, and I don't know if it better blatantly say about blowjobs, <laughs> right? <laughs> Fuck, am I getting here? <laughs> The five grand mark says that uh, Dave is Dave is too worried to quit his job, which is oh, he, he's like a postal man. And he says Dave will Dave will consciously quit his job and dedicate time towards GameSack. That's so stupid. I like GameSack, but you know what? I'm perfectly content as long as they're doing a video a week. I'm not I'm not looking for any more. I mean, that transcends <laughs> something to where. It's like, all right, so first of all, you're paying them for extra content. Okay, cool. But now you're paying yeah. for them to do something that we would want to do. Wouldn't you like to quit your job and just play fucking video games? Oh, that would you be You know nice. what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where they're, like, rubbing in your face at that point. 
Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. I think they put that large of a gap just because I don't think maybe in the beginning when they set that $500 quota, they probably didn't think they were going to get it. But you know what? I don't know. Personally, me, I don't know if you guys have seen their recent episodes that they've been doing every week. I don't good. feel that they're, yeah, the quality has drastically dropped. And it's like, man, you know what? I almost want you guys to go back to every other week because the videos were much higher in quality, in my opinion, from what I've been seeing. I mean, it almost seems rushed or maybe not as thoughtful in their ideas. They did like a demo disc video <laughs> and then they did like, I mean, random I sports games. Yeah. At random sports games. I didn't, I didn't mind that one. It was called unconventional sports. That one that was recorded before. Yeah. That one was good. It was the random fighting games. Random fighting games, and you know what? Random fighting games, I like fighting games, but I mean, let's just have, throw some random ones and make it a 25-minute video. That's even tough for me, and I like the show. <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? It's more like when they have a twist on it, like unconventional or something like that, but ugh. So it's it's interesting how Patreon has, you know, they've set that high of a bar, and you know what, if they make it, <laughs> more power to them, but I mean, I can. I don't know how much more game sack you're going to go from five hundred dollars to five thousand dollars. Are they going to post every day? And it's no. not looking good because they got the five hundred dollar mark, and I don't feel they're keeping the same quality standards now that they have to post every week for whatever reason. So now the thing is, is that like if we were ever going to go to Patreon, I already yeah. know how we would do it. And I mean, me and Kyle were kind of talking. I don't know if you were on that email chain, but we were kind of talking about it today. Like, we would do it, like, as a subscription instead of, like, oh, we're going to make more content. Like, no, we're still going to do what we do. Like, it ain't going to change. Yeah. Like, if you don't ever go to our Patreon, nothing's going to fucking change. But, like, yeah. if they give you a certain amount per month, they get something. Like, early access to the freaking episodes is is a killer one. That's easy. Like, hey, like, it takes us this long to release it. You'll get it a week early. That's mm -hmm. the easy one. Like, and we're doing these custom T-shirts. Like, we could do like a specific T-shirt to monthly backers, and they get a new one every fucking every month. <laughs> a new T-shirt every month. On That's top. nice. Yeah. So, like, so you could have levels. So you could have like, hey, if you do five dollars, you get early access. Like a bronze, silver, gold. Yeah, if you twenty dollars, you get a fucking early access plus a free T-shirt. You gotta have incentive because with GameSack, like. What's the point? Why am I just shoveling all this shit? I don't know. I, I, if you give me $5,000 a month, I'll quit my job. Like, dude, I don't, <laughs> I don't like you that much, dude. You're not fucking putting out. Like, I ain't fucking doing that. Hell no. I, Where does it end? Like, never. It doesn't. So that's why I was saying, like, like Patreon, and, and that's what me and Kyle were talking about, is Patreon's being manipulated, kind of where the big companies are trying to take Kickstarter. Like they're they're fucking taking this Patreon idea and changing it to pay me to do what I'm already doing for free. And why <laughs> why wouldn't you pay me? It's it's I'm giving you all this time. You should. Be. It's the whole fucking game chasers bullshit on Patreon and other fuckers on Patreon. Because yeah, game chasers did the whole thing. Well, why wouldn't you pay us? Like like dude, you're doing it for free. You're not passionate anymore. Is that what you're telling me? I'm gonna stop watching you. <laughs> Yeah, that's how I see it is like, all right, so if you're going to freaking put out ultimatums that you're going to stop doing content, then obviously you're not passionate like you were when you started and I became a fan of you. Yep. And now the thing is, is the subscription thing like a magazine is perfect because, all right, so you're already doing it free because like podcasting is free, but um, like that would be an option like early access, 
like a t-shirt thing, like a, a physical thing. Not necessarily a t-shirt every month, but they get a physical thing. Loot crates right now are freaking huge. I don't know if you know what a loot crate is, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, I get random shit. Yeah, random shit. So if we had like a video, a custom video game thing every month, something that was cool that people would tangibly have, that'd be a higher level thing. I mean, a mid-level thing would be choose an episode topic for us to talk about for an entire hour. That's a, That's an easy one. Another podcast that I listen to, their whole they, they they've been doing this for like a year. Our whole season is based on Patreon. Um, they've been doing it since bef- before it was like a big stain. Uh, they're called the Retro Knots, and it's like oh, Jeremy yeah. Parrish, Bob Mackey, and Ray Barnholt, and they are like working at US Gamer. They're working with fucking game developers. Like they bring in a lot of big named people. It seems like they're almost too like in with the community to actually say anything controversial though that's the only thing they're knowledgeable but they're very tame and their single episodes their off episodes are super boring but you're essentially paying for the one guy to fly cross country so they can all record in the same room type thing which i don't like i don't like that either like like if we're, if we're gonna do stuff like go to a convention or something We'll do a fundraiser for that or something. Not a Patreon where it's a subscription and then we're going to use that money to do that. We'll use our money to get better recording equipment. Like right now we're recording on cheaper mics and Kyle is having to fucking work goddamn magic of a genius to get it to sound like he does. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He he does. But um, if we get better, like if we all got better microphones and better whatever, like it would sound better. The thing is, though, is that there's other people that are doing that for free. Like, they're not charging people to get better equipment. So I don't really feel like asking people for things that other people are doing for their own podcasts or their own videos. It'd be like you asking to upgrade your camera equipment and have people pay for it. It's like there's other people that are doing YouTube that aren't asking people to ask like, What makes you so special? Exactly. So that's why I think if we ever did a Patreon that it would have to be a subscription-based thing where people can get tangible things and early access and manipulate the content. Incentive, incentive, incentive. Like, unless we get barraged with fucking emails and messages and stuff, I don't think we're nowhere near ever even contemplating that yet. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the, the place we need to strive for is, like, video game outsiders. They've been going on for 10 years. Uh, they went from one big gaming channel. Now they're on an actual comedy network for podcasting. So yeah, they're they're definitely the um, the AVGN of the podcasting world. Like they're pretty out there. They're entertaining, but they do some. You know, the one guy on there is like a lunatic. He's freaking hilarious to listen to, and that's why I listen to it. Then of course they got their female gamer on there. She's not a gamer girl. She's an f- actual gamer. So. It's interesting to listen to them talk and banter back and forth, and then they make fun of the other guy on there. <laughs> and But they record like two hours every week. Every week they record fucking two hours. They do it live, and then they you know throw it up on their actual podcast, their website, and their you know podcasting app and everything. But that live portion's coming from those fucking podcast channels that that's why i was trying to figure out how we could do live when we first started and it's it's through their channels like the podcasting networks like there's no way we can do it on our own 
but um but yeah they do two hours a fucking week <laughs> like craziness and they they said that like they it took them a while to get to the point where they're currently at though but i think they got there quickly because they pandered like with the female gamer and shit like that and then the you know the being insane for no reason type thing and i mean their their knowledge base is is very limited just like all the other ones the only guys that can t- hold a candle to us are the retronaut guys but they're very limited and they're you know they're like they're kind of boring when you listen to them one-on-one now but on the other side they're super knowledgeable because they're in the industry so you got all the different things i think we pick out a bunch of good pieces and you know we're on season two <laughs> good stuff yeah, we're in season two once we get up to like season you know 10 maybe we'll be ready to uh start doing some craziness when when honestly i mean i know kyle probably feels the same way when the fans want it we'll do it yeah we, we can't just like do it and expect the people to jump on it without marketing and things like that and i mean we're all doing it for fun <laughs> yeah, it's like the whole like being in a band like you think you can just play a live show and everyone's gonna like show up it's great yeah <laughs> but it's like yeah yeah exactly not, no they're gonna be like who the fuck is this it's it's the whole thing of like i'm doing my my books and my first book that i had published i sold like 60 copies or some shit of my first book and it and it got you know recognized by a lot of like big wigs in the gaming community and gave me awards and stuff on it because it's written well but nobody knew who i was now with the second book on freaking kickstarter i've already sold like two or three hundred and that's just that's just from the kickstarter it's insane and it's just gonna you know then when i do the third book it'll be even bigger i mean redo the first book whatever i decide to go whatever avenue i decide to go to it's building and i'm not going off on crazy limbs and doing crazy stuff yet because i'm still in infancy too just like the podcast like you gotta start somewhere right you gotta start somewhere, and you gotta end somewhere, and speaking of ending somewhere, it's about an hour and 25 minutes. Alright, so uh, everybody, thank you for listening. The season two is off without a hitch, and we will see you later. See ya. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. It is 262264VGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text message. Um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. Leave a message on one of Kevin's videos on YouTube. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo. Take it easy, guys. Later.